There's a triumph of joy because of what Christ did. We serve a risen king, amen? And he came on Christmas. Celebrate. Well, he came at some other point of the year, but we celebrate on Christmas, the coming of Jesus. And in his arrival, we find that we have salvation. Jesus didn't come just to come. So that you and I may have life, that we may have life more abundantly. And I'm rejoicing today knowing that, that God has brought us to this place today to hear these words, to sing these songs in honor of him and knowing that our hope is in Christ alone. And if you know Jesus today, you have joy. Amen? Amen. Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't even have to prime that one. Great joy in knowing Jesus. And that's really the joy in Christmas. And I, I want us to talk about the joy of Christmas today as we're, as we're going through this, uh, this season. That joy is not just something we enjoy. Joy is something that we live. And the joy of Christmas is not just a holiday. It's not just festivities. But the joy of Jesus is something that sends us forth to proclaim the gospel wherever we go. Today, I want us to look at a story of joy in Scripture. If you go ahead and turn to 2 Samuel, I, I know it's not your typical Christmas verse. That's okay, isn't it? 2 Samuel, we're looking here. I, I see this story of David, and if you're a little backstory to this story, David is, uh, of course, just assuming the role of king, but he's, he spent a time where Saul was after him, right? Saul was trying to kill him. He had already been anointed king by, by the prophet, but here he is. He's, he's assimilated to being the king of Israel now. And as he's the king, he, he's making some changes. He's doing some things that, that are important. And one of the things that we see, one of the first things that David does when he comes into being a king is he offers grace to a man who was the son of his best friend. And I, as we read through this, I want you to think one word, all right? Everybody look at me here. Think of this word, good news. I want you to think of that, okay? As we're reading through this, look here, starting in verse 6. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, all that belong to Saul and to all his house, I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's 
So Mephibosheth, how many times do we have to say that today? Lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, as we read the story today, I, I want us to get a picture of, of, of what it means to get good news. I want us to, to, to think about this this morning and transpose that over to what the good news of Christmas is really about and what joy there is in this season. Father, I thank you for the house and everyone that is here today. And as we look at your words, I pray that, Father, we would leave this place knowing the true joy of Christmas. It's not in the, the things we buy or the parties we have, Lord. It's in your Son, Jesus Christ, in your name. Amen. How, how many here have gotten good news before? You know, and it made you happy and you had joy? You know, I, I think we've all probably had those instances. And, and I think that's, a, that, that's pretty common. I, I believe probably most of us would like to have that every day, right? You know, we would like to have a, you know, a, a full church house every day because that would bring your pastor a great joy. We're getting there. Play basketball and you would like to win every game because that brings you great joy, right? Maybe uh, yeah, you're running ministry here within the church and you want to have just the most successful. Or, or, we could go on and on. What brings joy in life? Look at the story of David and Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was, he really, he was probably counting down the days when he was going to be murdered. He was going to be killed. The, the customs of the time is that if a king came into power, he, he would basically wipe out everyone that came before him. That entire line. But we don't see that in David. David reaches out to this son of Jonathan. He reaches out to him and says, hey, I'm going to make you like one of mine. I'm going to bring you in. You're going to eat at my table. Your servants are going to till the land as they always have. I think in Mephibosheth's ears that day, he heard great joy. He heard great joy. That, that good news that brought him joy it didn't just bring him joy, but don't you think it brought his family joy? His servant's joy? How about David? Do you think David had any joy in doing this? I think most good people like to help others. And it brings us joy to help someone, doesn't it? You know, we went the, uh, uh, the last couple weeks, we've just done a lot of kind of cool community service stuff. Last week we went caroling, and it was this joy in, in bringing joy to someone else. We took a bunch of the CAs to uh, OBU this week and just brought some joy to them. And there was joy for us in bringing joy to others. That's a, that's a principle I want you guys to grasp today. Uh, it's a principle I think we need to, to wrap our minds around when it comes to the good news and the joy that comes in Christmas. I know this could be a rough time of year for a lot. I, I, I too deal with, you know, missing people. If you ever have lost someone in your life, and then Christmas rolls around, it's a tough time of year, isn't it? You remember the Christmas has gone by. And I know that's tough, and I don't want to pull away from that, but, but church, would you hear me out today? The true joy in Christmas is, is not the holiday, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's our, he's our true joy in Christ. And in Christ alone, we have our purity restored, our, our redemption is starting. Because of what Jesus came and did. Adam lost it all. 
He forgot, he forgot who his God was and he started trusting in his own, his own thoughts, his own desires. You know, today we hear a lot of the you do you culture. You guys ever heard that? Maybe you say it. You do you. You know, whatever works for you, you do it. Well, here's what I want you to understand that in the story of Adam and Eve, they did them, right? I think that's right. I'm getting my pronouns all confused here. Is that good? Does that work? Okay, all right. But they had that idea too, you know? It was like, well, you know what? This fruit looks good. Let's just eat it. This fruit is appealing to us, so let's just do this. Even though God said something else, let's just do what we want to do. And that's the society that we live in today. It's, it's kind of do what you want. And when you look at Scripture, that's not it at all. It's living for Christ. Have, have you found joy in living for Jesus today? Man, I think about what Christ has done in Daniel's life. You know, I, I, I was, uh, you know, coming up on Christmas and things are different for the Henson household this year, you know. We have new traditions. We've been going to seeing Christmas lights. We went and sat in line for like 15 hours at Yukon the other night. Wonderful. I think Jet was about to go crazy in the back seat with a little brother in tow. But we have new traditions, you know. But we had, you know, 17 years of traditions in Portland. There were things we did every year. There were, there were worship services we did. There was, there was things. There was, a, there was just a, a comfortableness to it. But here we come to a new season in our life as we're here in, in Big McLeod, Oklahoma. And even though these things change, church, I want to hear something today. Christ is still the same. Jesus is the same today and forever. The gospel is still the same today. The gospel I preached in Purim. The gospel I preached in Moore, Oklahoma. The gospel I preached in Salee, Arizona. The gospel I preached in Honduras is the same gospel that I preached today in McLeod. And that's reason to have joy, isn't it? It doesn't change. Science, it, it's constantly changing. We're finding new things, you know. Uh, one day coffee's good for you, the next day it's terrible. I'm either really good and I'm really healthy or I'm just a really bad person, right? Because I drink coffee. I, I'm just going to keep coffee. I'm going to be honest with you. I have to have it. My coffee cup's sitting under that chair. And I'm really tempted right now to just go down there and get a drink of coffee. It's bad. It's bad. But joy is found in what? In Christ. And in Christ we have all of this. And, and when you're thinking about the story of Mephibosheth and, and David, there was great joy in that situation. Now church, stop where you're at. I want you to have that type of joy when you think about Jesus during Christmas. That joy that just sets you free. If you're a believer today, you have new life, don't you? Right? The, the scripture teaches us that we are new creatures in Christ. If you don't know Jesus today, here's what I want you to understand. There's a message for you to hear. There's a call of the gospel for you today. And today you can be a new creature in Christ. And finally, I want us to, to look this morning that in Christ, we find joy, sure. But you know what? The Father finds joy in us finding joy. His desires for that. He's, he is our beloved and we, is, we are his as well. There's three points I wanted us to look at this morning when it talks about the work of the gospel and what it brings. Okay, so a lot of time you guys hear me talk about the gospel a lot, and, I, and I'm glad that we can all agree that the gospel is important today. I'm not going to get up here and preach on how to spend your money and how to invest your money. I'm not going to talk about, you know, how to even be the better husband or the better wife. You're probably not going to find wads of money stuck in our plumbing in the bathroom or anything like that, Okay. 
What we are going to find today, though, is that the gospel is good news, and it's really the message of Christmas. Christmas is the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have that to be joyful in today. And the work of the gospel, right? What we're doing now, what we're doing tonight at 5 p.m. when we have our dinner, kind of. We'll be talking about Jesus. We'll be singing praise to Christ tonight, too, during the dinner. What we may do throughout the year, mission trips we may go on, ministries we may start, there is joy in the gospel. And the gospel brings, first, joy to the believer. Now, how many of you have joy today? Now, don't raise your hand if you really don't, okay? Right. Some of y'all put your hands down real quick. Oh yeah, I don't have joy. I'm just kidding. If we have joy today, that's that's great. But the gospel, I want you to think about this today. When we forget, I think as we're saved, it just kind of like our love kind of gets cold. Like you read in the book of Revelation that that sometimes we're just lukewarm in our faith. You ought to be excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Well, how excited, Daniel? How excited should we be? C.S. Lewis talks about joy. And he doesn't sugarcoat it. He just says, this is what joy is. It jumps under one's ribs and it tickles down one's back. (laughs) A lot of times we think joy, it's like, oh, joy just kind of, oh yeah, joy. No, he says it gets like, it gets under your ribs and down your back. In other words, it's something that you feel, right? It makes one forget meals. <laughs> Whoops, right? It, it keeps one delightfully sleepless at night. It shocks one awake when... The other puts one to sleep. Guys, he he goes on here and he says that one second of joy is worth 12 hours of pleasure. We live in a pleasure society. What do you mean, Daniel? Well, any town you go in, there's every store you need right there. Have you guys noticed that in America today? I don't know how all these places stay open. You know, you've got a, you've got a, a, a Starbucks on every corner. I'm happy about that, by the way. But the thing here that we, that we see is that joy is not the things of this world. It's not. It, it, it's not the stuff that we see. It's not the restaurants. It's not the, the ease of life. But joy is found in Jesus. And it's something that gets under our skin. It's something we can't contain. It's something that keeps us up at night because we're so happy about it. When was the last time that you were so happy about the gospel of Jesus Christ that you just couldn't go to sleep? When was the last time that you thought about, man, people coming to know Jesus, and it just tickled your ribs? It trickled down your back. When was the last time? But the believer, we need to grasp that type of joy when we talk about the gospel. You can get a new church, and I can get up here and preach the gospel, but unless the body embraces the joy in the gospel, we're not going to grow. You guys hear that today, right? I see, I see growth in our church because I think people are embracing the gospel, the joy that's therein. But we, we have to look at the gospel in that sense that it's not just something that, that we say we believe. It's not just something we write down in the Baptist faith and message, but rather the gospel. It brings us joy because we know it changes lives. People are never the same once they hear it. The second thing I want us to look at this morning is that the work of the gospel, it brings joy to those who hear when we share the good news, and when those people repent of their sins, we see a great joy when the Holy Spirit illuminates the sin in their life and they turn to Jesus for salvation. 
There's joy in that, isn't there? And it's not just joy for us. I, I love leading people to Christ. I, I love baptizing. I, that's, that's a great joy in the life of a pastor. But at the same time, I want you to understand that that person, where once maybe they didn't have any hope, now they have great joy. And the good news brings joy, not just to us, the church, but it brings good news to those out here in our community who need Jesus. You guys realize that there's people in McLeod that need Christ right now. And you, you understand that if we really understand what the gospel is about, we need to get busy about the work of Christ, don't we? That the good news is something we can't contain within ourselves. And, and we understand that there are people out here who have no joy. They're going through Christmas probably like this. Well, how are we going to buy everyone's Christmas presents? They may be dealing with the loss of a loved one this year, and this Christmas is going to be hard. Church, what I want you to know today is that through the gospel, we can offer joy to people because there is Christ. There's joy in who he is. And so the gospel does that. It brings joy to the believer. It brings joy to those who hear. And finally, what we see here is that it brings joy to the Lord. I was reading a little C.S. Lewis this week, and he, he makes this quote. I love this. He says that joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the serious business of heaven. If you want to know what, what God values and what God wants to do, he wants to bring joy. If you go back to the story uh, that we read earlier, that Brother Daniel read, um, it, it was the story of, of the shepherds. And there was angels round about them. And they brought joy to those shepherds, did they not? Uh, this past week, we had a, a touring Christmas lights, and Jaron, he's, he, he's learning, right? And he's learning a lot of stuff recently, but uh, we were driving through these lots, and there's, you know, Santa Claus, and there's reindeers, and all of a sudden, there was two great big white angels, you know, like this, and it said Gloria in between the two angels, and, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's, that's cool to see that at a public display. You know, it's like a biblical, like, Christmas. Because you, you get, you know, like all these, like, dinosaurs. I don't understand the dinosaur craze right now. Every display that you go to is going to have Loch, the Loch Ness Monster, right? I don't understand that, but apparently the Loch Ness Monster loves Christmas too. But Jaron looked at those two angels, and you know what he said? Oh, no, Ghosts. Literally, what he said was, oh no, dosed. But he saw these two angels and he was afraid, right? He was afraid. That was probably the exact response of the shepherds that night in the field. Oh no, dosed. When they saw the angels initially, it says that they were so afraid. But then something happened to them. They heard the news these angels had brought to them. Angels are messengers of God, right? And they had brought a good news to, to them. And it brought them great joy. We explained, no, those are angels, son. <laughs> and they were there to tell about the birth of Jesus. And he's like, oh, okay. Now he still said, oh no, there's a ghost every other angel we saw. But I was thankful for that because that brought me great joy. But God desires that his people thrive Enjoy. God wants that for you. We, we live in a day and age where everybody's looking for happiness. Everyone's looking for joy. We're all looking for something that just makes sense of this mess that we live in. Church, that is Christ and Christ alone. And some of you may be saying, yes, Daniel, 
I'm a member here. I believe that. Okay, let's live that. And let's not just live it, but let's share it with people who just don't know that today. There's a lot of people in our world who just do not know Jesus. You guys realize that the gospel is is only good news when we understand the bad news, right? We have to understand that bad news first. R.C. Sproul, I can't remember the name of the book that he writes in, but he was talking about that, that we need to understand how bad we are before we can grasp how good God is. The, The thing we see in today's world, there's a lot of people out there who are just bound in sin. They, just, they don't know what they're going to do. There's no hope for them. Every year it just brings about more trouble, more, more misery. But I submit to you today that the answer to these woes is Jesus Christ. Of the gospel. And it's not just a message that preachers have. I look around here today and there's, a, there's an army in this house that could go and tell people the good news of Jesus. are we going to do that? I mean, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to, is as the church, and I don't mean just FBC McLeod, but I'm saying the church around the world, are, are we going to get serious about the business of God? Are we going to surround ourselves with the thought that God wants to bring joy to the world, that the John 3.16 verse sticks out in all of this, that, that God loved how, who? He, he loved the some people. He, he loved the entire world. And our God today is a God who is a God of redemption. I look around our world today and I, I see a world that needs redeemed. It needs to redeem so bad. I, I hate to even turn on the news some days. We, we live in a world where, you know, it's either bad news or dumb news. You guys notice that lately? I was hearing about tornadoes and camel beauty contest. What is that about? I never thought camels were beautiful, but I guess they are to someone. People using Botox on camels to make them more appealing. I've never heard of something so dumb. That's the world we live in, folks. And if we're putting our hope in a world such as that, then we need to turn back and to put our, put our hope in Christ. Put our hope in who Jesus is, that, that he's the, the eternal hope for us. He's that joy of heaven. He's that joy of the church. He's that joy that you and I need today. And in the gospel, we have joy. There's joy in the Lord today. Let's remember that. When we put the Christmas tree up, we uh, had a hanging of the green service. And while we were hanging the ornaments, we, uh, everyone that was here to just think of one person in their life that needs the Lord. Joy this Christmas. And as you're hanging, I just want you to be praying for them. And we took that time to, to hang an ornament and, and to be thinking about that person and praying and also asking God to give us the desire to go and to proclaim the gospel to them. You know, today I, I, I see that as the central part of Christmas. It's not just enjoying it, it's not just us having joy, but it's us spreading the joy and, and giving joy to the world. Amen. That's what we're called to. As a pastor, I have the best job in the world. Sometimes it's tough. It's hard to do for people that you you dearly love. It's hard to go to the hospital when someone's taking their last. These are are things that are tough in being a pastor, but I'll tell you what, the best thing that I can do is to people all around the world, but, but to tell 
anyone that I come across the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's not just a, a message of religion, guys. It's a message that will set people free. And this Christmas, if you want joy, if you want to understand what joy is about, remember it is Christ. In Psalm 126, the, the, the psalmist here, he writes about God. And I want you guys to think about this today. Because maybe we, again, maybe we just forget. We wax cold in our faith. We, we forget who God is. We look at the world around us and we think it's just too far gone. It's, there's, no, there's no hope for us to do any more than what we're doing now. But let us remember today who God is. The, the power that we find in God. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord restored the forces of Zion, we were like those who dream. This is talking about when God, you know, restored the people back to their former glory. And it says that when God did that, it says we were like people who dream. You guys remember what it's like to dream? You're just kind of walking around like, oh, everything's so great. Everything's just awesome. If you can't think of that, think about your, uh, maybe when you had a boyfriend or girlfriend in seventh grade. That's what we're talking about here, okay? Everything's just hunky-dory, and I'm going to be with this person the rest of my life. Thank God that didn't work out. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. What he's talking about is this joy that, that you find in knowing who God is. If you need joy today, focus on God. It says, then our mouth was filled with what? Laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. The testimony of the church needs to be like this. A lot of times we say, well, I don't know how to share the gospel with someone. You need to just go tell them how good God is. You know? Just go tell him, God is so good. And, and he, this is what he's done in my life. And, and if you trust him, if you hear that call from him today, you can be changed too. That's the joy of it. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Joy comes in knowing God. And today, as the church of God, we need to stop just for a moment. I believe this is, a, this is important for, for all of us. For us to stop and remember who God is. Who is God? He's the creator, amen? He's the creator. He's He's the great physician, amen? He is uh, he's the great comforter. He's the great teacher. He is the redeemer. He's our God. If God could take care of those special little things that apply to us on a personal level, don't you think he can take care of the world? As kids, you probably sing the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. We probably believe that. I remember my five-year-old mind, I just imagine the, the world, and there was these two great big hands, and they were doing this, just holding the world. But in a real sense, that's how it is. He is in control. The, the whole world is in a sense, every situation that you're dealing with right now, 
God can take care of it. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how far gone that you are. Understand that God is that big that he can take care of it. And if you think about God in those terms, quit thinking about God as the, you know, maybe, maybe you're ashamed today because you've done some stuff or said some stuff or you've just gotten far from God today. And when you come to church, it's hard for you to be here because you just feel like, you know what, I'm just ashamed of myself. Here's the thing, God calls you to come today just as you are. That's what God is calling. And the reason is because he wants you to experience the joy of his good news. To experience that joy. When we think about Christmas this year, and man, I love Christmas, don't you? Johnny and I, we've just been, we've been rocking Christmas stuff since like November 1st. It's awesome. We've been, we've been having fun with that. Johnny just rolled her eyes. She's been, I think since June, but she's weird like that too. Don't, don't shake your head at me like that. That's, now I'm scared. But Christmas is more than that stuff, right? I mean, we got fun with that. We put lights on our house. We put up a Christmas tree. We, uh, you know, we buy presents. We do all that. We go see lights. We saw two different light displays the other night, you know? That's weird in some people's books. But if that was all that Christmas was about, that stuff's already in the past for me. I've already done it. I've already decorated. I've already went and saw this light. I don't really want to go see another Loch Ness monster floating in the lake again with Santa Claus's hat on. I don't want to see that again necessarily. Maybe next year. All that stuff for Daniel is, is in the past. And if that's the only joy I had, I'm going to be really let down on Christmas morning. But I thank God today that my joy is in something above. That my joy Lord maker of heaven and earth, the, the great redeemer. That is my God, that, that I'm going to be just like those people who understood that God had restored them. And because that, I'm going to walk around just like I'm in a dream. I'm just going to walk around like, man, everything's so great because I understand that my God is in control. My mouth's going to be filled with laughter. My, my tongue is going to have shouts of joy. And I'm going to spread that joy to everyone else. I'm going to talk to everyone about this. That this isn't just something I keep to myself and, you know, I'm like, well, this is my recipe and I'm not going to share it with anyone. No, I'm going to share this with the world because I want the world to know the great joy that we have in Jesus. Do you know the joy of Christ today? I pray you do. I pray that you understand what Christmas is about. It's more than trees. It's more than this stuff. But, but it's the joy that comes in knowing Jesus. That if you understand this, God is good and holy. And if you understand this, that you are just a wretched soul and you need Jesus' blood to wash you clean. If you understand that, that's great. Because apart from Christ, we have no hope. None at all. The message of Christmas is we have hope. We have peace. We have joy. We have love. Today we can be joyful because God is so good. Would you bow your heads with me today? Lord, we thank you for your words. Father, the story of David and Mephibosheth, Lord, it's just a story of good news given to someone who thought they weren't going to have any good news. They, they thought that their life was probably going to be done. And Lord, I can relate to that because I know that at one time I just felt like there wasn't hope for, the, for me. But then Jesus. I, I learned who Christ is. And his desire to redeem me. When, 
the Holy Spirit called me to be to be different. Lord, I, I thank you today that you that you regenerated me. Lord, you allowed me to see like the error of my ways and my utter need for a savior. God, I can't help but look at a Christmas tree or Christmas light today without thinking that I'm a blessed man because my life life has been redeemed by you. And I have great joy today. God, would you, would, you, would you push me from this platform to my community, to my world, to share the gospel, the good news that brings unspeakable joy to this world. Lord, we love you for giving us this time to reflect on our definition of Christmas and our definition of the season. Today, God, would you be glorified in our life in such a way that others may come to know you, Father. I know that your Holy Spirit will call. Lord, may we, may we be following. May we get to, to be a people who experience the joy in seeing others come to you. Lord, there's joy for us in the good news. There's, there's joy for those that will find out. And God, we thank you that you are a God who has joy in seeing people redeemed. It is your will. It is your good pleasure. Today, God, we say thank you for being such a good God. Would you call all people to you in your most holy name?